haven't forgotten you. You're not alone. You've come to the right place. Now, I want you to know the rest of the service is going to be upbeat, okay? So don't panic. And very Christmassy. And you're going to love it. But we do know that real life happens, even in the midst of all of this. And we just want you to know that this is a safe place to be. Really, the dream that Laura and I have for you this Christmas is that you would experience something that only God can do. And that is what the Bible calls kairos. It's Christmas time. We hear that phrase all the time this time of year, right? I think as soon as I put my first Christmas decorations out, I start singing the Charlie Brown Christmas time song. You guys know that, right? It's Christmas time is here. How many of you do that? Am I the only weird one? <laughs> but we hear that phrase. But tonight I want us to stop, or this morning, stop and examine that little phrase for a minute because I think there's some profound truth to be found in the phrase Christmas time, talking about time. The Bible talks about two different words for time. One of those words is chronos, meaning clock time or chronological time. If you want to take notes today, you'll find some notes there in your program. You can use that. But chronological time, it's how we mark the passing of time in our lives. All of our lives, everything we do is marked by the steady passing of chronos, the steady passing of chronological time. Seconds turn into minutes, minutes to hours, hours to days, days to weeks, weeks to months, months to years, years to decades, decades to centuries. These wrinkles etched on my face, the pesky gray hairs, the scars that have been carved in my body and on my heart, they're all reminders of Kronos, of the passing of time. Kronos tells us that Christmas is December 25th, and we celebrate it at that time every year. Did you know that scientists tell us as we get older that the Kronos, the passing of time, seems to speed up? I'm thinking I must be kind of old because it seems like Christmas was like two months ago. Does it seem like that to any of you? To the kids, no, right? Yeah, you said that, not me. <laughs> you may be getting a little older. But remember when you were a kid, it seemed like Christmas couldn't get here fast enough, right? I mean, the year went on and on and on. You'd ask your parents, is it Christmas yet? No, not yet. Is it Christmas yet? And they're like, no, it's same day. You just asked me <laughs> earlier today. And Christmas Eve, that took an eternity, right? You woke up that morning and you're waiting all day long for night to come so that you could finally eat dinner and go to bed and wait so that Santa Claus would come. And five o'clock in the morning, you wake up and you're down checking your Christmas presents under the tree. Or if you're my brother, it was 3 a.m. that he got up <laughs> to go check things under the tree. That's chronos time. That's chronological time. But there's another word for time in the Bible, and that's the word Kairos. And Kairos is where clock time and eternity touch, where they intersect for a moment. A moment where time and eternity touch each other just for the, the briefest of seconds. But it's a life-changing moment. It's a moment that is precious. It is a moment that is profound. Sometimes in the Bible it was called the right time or the appointed season. Kairos is God's dimension. It's one not marked by the past, the present, or the future. And it can be frustrating sometimes because you can't predict it. And it seems like you don't know when it's going to come because it says in the Bible, with the Lord one day is like a thousand years. But it surprises you at certain times because it also says 
and a thousand years is like a day. You may have experienced it at some point in your life. Maybe the first time you kissed that person who's now your spouse or the first time you held your newborn infant in your arms. Or maybe in a service like this one, clock time ticking along, suddenly you felt God. Maybe during the message, maybe during a song. That's kairos. That's eternity. It brushes against time like the the touch of angel's wings, only for a moment, but it's that precious, holy moment and you know you'll never be the same again now here's the thing no one can produce kairos no one can can produce it It, it's it's big it's difficult to grasp chronos you try to manage it you you try to save chronos you try to um you know control chronos but kairos it's bigger it's unpredictable what the bible is really saying is that some moments are more valuable than other moments So how do you experience kairos? How does this kairos moment happen? I've only found one secret. And it doesn't mean that kairos will happen. But unless you do this secret, I can guarantee you that it won't happen. What's the secret? The secret is you have to show up. You simply have to show up. You have to put yourself in the place, in the right place, so that kairos can happen. You know, that that doesn't seem that tough. It seems simple enough. It does seem simple. It is simple. But for many of us, we live our chronos lives without ever putting ourselves in that position. We very rarely do. It would be as if I had tickets to the Texans game. Suppose you're going, and you know the game's on Monday, and you know what time the game is going to start. Tomorrow, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Threw me for a minute. (laughs) Like, what is today? (laughs) But you had tickets, and you knew when the game is. You knew the time it was going to start. But you never actually went to the game. You never experienced the game. You didn't put yourself in that place. You didn't show up. You didn't hear the sounds. You didn't see the lights. You didn't smell the hot dogs in the stadium. You didn't see the cheerleaders and all the cheering and the plays that are being made and and all the the atmosphere that goes on with a professional football game and you can imagine if the Texans are playing the Steelers probably it's going to take really a a God showing up a Kairos moment for the (laughs) Texans to win I'm going to say so that may not be the best example (laughs) but it's that idea of showing up putting yourself in that place to experience that maybe Suppose you had never been to the ocean before. You'd only read about it or seen pictures of the ocean. And then one day you find yourself standing on the shore of the Pacific Ocean. That's a whole different experience, right, than seeing and talking about the ocean. Suddenly you see the vast expanse that goes on and on as far as you can see. And you feel the waves lapping at your feet. And then if you get in the water, you feel the strength of the current and the waves lifting you up and down. That's an entirely different experience of ocean than reading about it or looking at it a picture. It's because you've put yourself in the place to experience what ocean means. And that's what kairos means. You have to show up to experience it, to have your life changed. But you guys have. You've shown up today. And kairos can happen today. I don't know if it will. I don't know what God's plans are for you in this place today. But you've put yourself in that place and you have the opportunity for God to move and work in your life and produce change. Multitudes of people are still at the outlet mall today. They're at Walmart and Target. 
But here's the thing, as much as you try, you won't find Kairos on aisle seven on sale. You have to show up where God is. In the Christmas story, we see some clear examples of Kairos moments and people who put themselves in the place so they could experience it. We want to look at a couple of those this morning. The first one is Joseph. You know, usually we read the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2. But Matthew chapter 1 also has it. Let me read you verses 18 and following. You'll see them on the screen. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, look at that word considered. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will, are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Now, it, it, it's so interesting, this story. And if you put yourself in Joseph's place, here's this woman that you love. It's a few weeks away from your wedding, and all of a sudden she turns up pregnant. The Bible has this tendency for understatement. I love that about the Bible. The word considered there. Joseph considered this. And that word in the original language in the Greek is enthumeomai. Enthumeomai means to ponder, to revolve in mind, to think, deliberate, but it comes from the word, root word in Greek, thumos. And thumos, it means passion, heat, anger, boiling up and subsiding, an inflaming wine, which either drives the drinker mad or kills him with its strength. So what you see when Joseph considered this, it wasn't like an intellectual exercise, like, hmm, Mary's pregnant, let me think about that. It was this emotional roller coaster this woman that I love God how could this happen God how could she God I don't understand he didn't know that it was God's child he just thought Mary had betrayed him and so as he considers this as his emotions go all over he's come to God and he's crying out to God and he probably cries himself to sleep but you see he came to the right place he came to God and because he came to God in his Sleep, that restless sleep, an angel appears to him. It's that Kairos moment, that God moment. It shows me that showing up is a choice. Probably want to write that down. Showing up is a choice, not an emotion. We live so much in our emotions. And show up even when you don't feel like it. It's so important that we do that. Some of you are arguing all the way here in the car right and you're arguing about something and then you get out of the car and you go Merry Christmas everyone right <laughs> you said you have you bugged my car what's the deal no I just know that's that's what we're like you know and you felt like just turning around but you're here that's what Joseph Joseph showed up he didn't feel like it but he showed up you know when most of us don't show up in church when we're distraught when we're emotionally down and that's exactly the time to be in church but there's 
another group of people that experienced Kairos that Christmas. Let me read to you about it. This is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east, pretending to be as devout as they were. He got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The thing we see from these guys is that showing up as a practice, we develop. These men were scholars. They were called magi. They had dedicated their lives to seeking after God. They studied. They were looking. You know, the star didn't just appear to these guys. Everybody on the planet could see it. But these guys had been seeking and looking and studying. They had been searching after God, and they were the only ones who had developed that practice to the point that when the star appeared in the sky, they recognized what it was, that it was a sign from God, and they set out to find the Savior. They experienced a Kairos moment because they had prepared for it. They had practiced and made, developed a habit of seeking after God. You know, Kairos is around us all the time. Eternity is here around us all the time. We just can't see it and feel it yet, but it's here. Jesus himself told us in Matthew chapter 6 that we should pray God's kingdom come right here on this planet. He's telling us that it's here, and if we develop a habit of seeking after it and looking for it, we're going to find that God will meet us in our lives. But we have to develop that habit. So when the star broke through from that other dimension, these guys recognized it because of that habit. The other thing that we see from these magi is that showing up is never convenient. They'd traveled far. The Bible doesn't tell us how long or exactly how far they went, but it says they were on pilgrimage. So that implies a long journey. Tunani was probably still under construction when they did that. It wasn't an easy trip. Some of you experienced that this morning. But it's never going to be convenient to show up. Our lives are busy. Our jobs are demanding. Our families are demanding. There are a million reasons not to come to church on the weekend. But if you want to encounter God, if you want your life to be different in 2018, you have to put yourself in the place. You have to make a plan and you have to show up and be here. You have to lay aside those inconveniences. That's what these guys did. They lay aside the inconveniences so that they could show up and be in the right place at the right time. 
Another thing we learn from the Magi is that knowledge won't produce life change. Only Kairos does. Like I said, these guys were scholars. They were educated. They spent their lives studying about God. They had studied and studied to understand him. They knew a lot. But still they were searching for something. There was something missing. That's because knowledge won't produce life change. Only Kairos does. Only when God breaks through and meets us there. We see clearly in these verses that knowledge of God, even knowledge of scripture, doesn't produce life change. If you see what King Herod did, it says he gathered all the high priests and the religious scholars of the day. And he asked them, when was this king supposed to be born and where? And they knew the answer immediately. They knew what the prophet Micah had said. They told him he'll be born in Bethlehem. They had all the knowledge. They knew more than these magi did. And yet they didn't encounter Jesus. They didn't take the time to go the few miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem so that they could experience and know Jesus. That's the difference. You can have all the knowledge in the world of the Bible of God, but if you never incorporate that into your life, if you never encounter Jesus, if you never put yourself in the right place and show up so that God can change your life, nothing's going to change. You guys have all known people like that before, I'm sure. People who have all kinds of biblical knowledge, but their lives are dry and empty. Their attitudes are one of judgmental instead of love. Maybe it's you. Maybe you find yourself today dry and empty. God would say, show up. Put yourself in that place. Make a habit of it so that I can come and meet you here so that you can have an encounter with Jesus. You know, it's interesting because the Magi's lives were changed after they encountered Jesus. God began to speak to them after they encountered Jesus. It wasn't before. Before, they were asking everybody else, how can we find him? Where is he supposed to be born? But after they met Jesus, the Bible says God began to speak directly to them. That's what he does in our lives. After we encounter him, then he begins to speak and then he begins to change our lives. And showing up doesn't just happen either. Showing up requires that we make a plan. I don't know about you, but if I didn't make a plan to be at Community of Faith every weekend, I wouldn't be here half the time. And my guess is that's kind of how your life is too. We have to make a plan if we're going to be here. The scripture says they were on pilgrimage. It was a long journey. They had to put that together. It wasn't like they just suddenly saw in the sky, oh, there's a star, let's go. And they couldn't hop in their car and get there quickly. They knew the, the Messiah was supposed to come, so they had been planning for who knows how long, weeks, months, years, so that when they saw the sign of it, they could take off and find the Messiah. And taking a journey in that day wasn't an easy thing. I mean, they had to prepare for it for the expenses of what was going to be a very long journey. They had to save up for that. They had to prepare the animals. They had to pack the food they were going to need for days or weeks or months or years. It wasn't an easy thing. A pilgrimage was like that. And they packed their gifts, specifically carefully chosen gifts to bring to the Messiah. It says they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold representing Jesus' kingship. And frankincense was a symbol of his role as high priest. It was something that was used routinely in the temples, that burned ceremonially, ceremonially by the priests. And I think probably the most bittersweet of gifts was the myrrh. 
It was something that was used as they embalmed bodies after death. And it was a foreshadowing of why Jesus was born, knowing that he would be crucified. So in order to show up and experience Kairos moments, we have to plan for it. If we want to experience change in our lives, if we want things to be different in the new year, we have to plan and then we have to show up. Kairos, where you and God meet. What if in 2018, experiencing life change was as simple as making a point to be here at Community of Faith weekend by weekend by weekend? I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but what if you just showed up? What if life change was as simple as showing up and then these God moments happen? They're unpredictable. Maybe they don't happen every week. But there's some of those weeks and your life begins to change. Some of you are going like, there's no way I could show up every week. Well, be strategic. Like, for example, we have a marriage series coming up January 20th and 21st for four straight weeks. Say, I won't miss any of those four weeks. And watch and see your marriage change during those four weeks. Can that really happen? Not just from what we say, but when those God moments break through, yes, it can happen. So we hope that you guys will put yourself in the right place by showing up and then just wait and see if God won't show up and meet you there. You're here. You're in the right place. This is the right time, just like it said in that scripture for the Magi. I want you just to close your eyes with me for just a moment. As the clock ticks off these next precious moments, I've asked God if he would permit us together to experience Kairos. Father, I ask that this would happen. You know that many of us, hundreds of us have asked for you to meet us here. And there's so many of us like Joseph that are desperate and distraught and we need you to meet us here. And I just ask that you would. I'm asking that your kingdom will come right now in this service, breakthrough in our time and space. In your precious son's name. Amen.